always been a hero. Davy Fox hadn't always been just a Wrightsville boy, such as you could find on any street corner in Low Village or in any big house on the hill. They hadn't formed committees for Davy then, at least not welcoming committees. Something memorializing and fixative about the scene around her turned Linda's thoughts backwards. Davy Fox had lived in the Talbot Fox house then. Davy had lived in that house next door. It was only later, on that never-forgotten day when Mother Emily locked herself in her bedroom, and Daddy Tal stumbled about the house with a hunted look, and Linda wasn't allowed to leave the playroom. It was only later that Davy came to live with his aunt and uncle, and the little girl they had taken from the Slocan Orphanage five years before. That coming across two lawns, his hand in his uncle's, a small boy of ten in torn knickers, marched from one house to another while Wrightsville stared in hostile silence from the unkept sidewalk of the hill. It had been a journey from the moon. The boy had been tight-mouthed to keep the tears from spilling out, afraid and suspicious, too obedient and too quiet, and too all inside himself. Until, inside his uncle's house, out of sight of those accusing eyes, he was broken down by his Aunt Emily's embrace and gave way to his fear. Davy used to say scornfully that he'd really wanted to stamp and kick and break things that day, but Aunt Emily had treacherously made him cry instead by putting her arms around him. Gabby Warm roared from the station master's office, She's on time! A sizz ran through the crowd, and then the American Legion band burst into a nervous tootling. It had been forbidden to talk about the thing that had happened. Nevertheless, Davy and Linda sometimes braved the taboo, whispering about it through the transom between their childhood bedrooms while Emily and Talbot Fox slumbered in the big room down the hall. But not too often. It was too huge, and it was too terrible too big with big people's secrets, to be bandied about and become commonplace and so, in time, be forgotten. And if there were times when it might almost be forgotten, there was always the house next door, a deserted dinginess growing more silent by the year. Linda was scared to death of that aging reproach. It housed great eyeless threats and Davy would never go near it. He avoided even looking at it. Hi, Linda! The Wrightsville High delegation was struggling to form a hollow square at one end of the platform. They were waving placards nailed to broom handles. You made them remember Kun Ming, Davy. You sure laid a mess of eggs, you flying fox. Wrightsville High's most likely to succeed. And how? Linda smiled and waved back. How Davy had loathed them, the jeering kids, because they had known. The whole town knew. The kids and the shopkeepers and High Village and the country club crowd and the scrub-skinned farmers who drove in on Saturdays to load up. Even the hunks and canucks who worked in the low village mills especially the shop hands of Bayard and Talbot Fox Company.
machinists' tools, who merely jeered the more after Bayard and, one day vanished from the side of the factory, leaving a whitewashed gap like a bandage over a fresh wound. That was another part of his native Wrightsville that Davy shunned. He had hated the grown-ups even more than the kids, because he could jump in on the kids with his fists or otherwise intimidate them by playing the role Wrightsville had assigned to him, which was, simply, to be the son of his father. There were whole years of licking kids and being licked, and now other kids were brandishing placards and getting ready to give their alumnus the rackety racks with nine locomotives, usually reserved for football victories over Slocum High. What time is it now, Talbert? asked Emily Fox.